as well, Matt. <laughs> Welcome back to the SNC podcast, everyone. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Coach Carly, and we've got Matty Scar as well joining us again, our other co-host. And today we are sitting on a well, I am anyway. I'm sitting on a farm uh, with our guest today, Luke Harvison, the uncommon farmer. Luke, Good morning. Lovely to be here. I mean, uh, for those who are looking, you can see this is what I've woken up to <laughs> every single morning for the last seven days. It's been pretty spectacular. Um, Luke, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you What do you do? How do you do it? What do you What do you spend your time doing? Ah, uh, right. Well, a lot of things I do quite differently. Hence the Hence the outlook and outcome here. But for me. Uh, I really just live my life now. I don't. Like, I haven't been able to figure out a good good pigeonhole that suits me, like a, my bricklayer or a tiler or something. It's um, yeah. Ever since I finished drilling about six years ago in the mine, it's like it's kind of been bouncing around between somewhere between a coach and then running events and mentoring and that whole world of just learning and then teaching. So uh, yeah, just passing on. But look, I mean, we're here at my house. Um, and this is part of what I do. It's pretty, <laughs> just, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's a loose answer, but yeah, look, I mean, if you can come up with it, yeah. like he does this. Like, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll Luke, is, Luke is the, um, if we're going to go down like a, a, a personality type, I don't know if you've done much or you know much about personality types, Matt, but uh, Luke is uh, is the visionary and you can really <laughs> see that to a T. Like it's just ideas, man, just so much going on. Yeah, that's not it's not terribly surprising from what I've seen on uh, Instagram. One of the things I did want to ask about, um, not to stray away straight off the bat, was going through your Instagram. One of the things was seeing the I think it's called Unbreakable, where you take some of the guys in and put them through what looks like hell. Um, can you kind of talk about what that is, why you do it, and uh, what people get out of it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, firstly, it's quite funny because this view, like after an unbreakable, you wake up to the same view, but from a complete different perspective. <laughs> Covered in dirt, sweat, some tears, some missing bark off your shins and that, um, and just crawling your way to the end of the challenge. And it's the same environment we can see here. It's like, oh, wow, it's so nice, but these guys are just like, man, I'm cooked. Um, so look, unbreakable came to light through... Um, a mate of mine, Keegan Bisland, myself, kind of combining our ideas and passions behind delivering experiences that push men and women to the to the outer realms of what they understand about themselves. And for both of us, the importance in that was we see as he's a coach as well and a um, a mentor to a bunch of a bunch of men. And in what we do, the greatest shifts you can create in a person is when it's like you control the environment for long enough to almost like give them time to forge themselves into something else. So leave them in the fire for long enough. So they start forgetting all the normal. It's like, Oh, but I can't, or I haven't done this before. or I don't usually is into, and they just turn it into, it's like, all right, what do I need to do next? How do I need to work with my team? And from that change of perspective of who they normally are, they can kind of get a, a third dimensional view back into their life. It was like, wow. So I normally just sit down and say no to these things where I just did it. And holy shit, that means what else could I do? And uh, literally in the morning, the you can just see the boys and girls' brains just exploding. It's just like, I could be or I could do ABCDEFG. It's just like, of course, of course. 
So it's a, it is, it's meant to be very hard. Like we purposefully make it um, very heavily mentally testing. Like Keegan's background is a, um, a sniper team leader with the Australian Defence Force. So he brings a lot of that, a lot of the military aspect from him. And um, for me, uh, like I've got the background in kind of events running and challenge design. So between the both of us, we've been able to make this, um, yeah, fairly military-based, uh, dense endurance learning session that uh yeah like once people go through and commit to the process in there they come out the other side and they'll never be the same again and for everyone that's gone through it's um it's given them like a really good foothold to change their life moving forward from that point so in a way it wipes the slate clean for 14 hours and then they can freely go again after that i don't know um i don't know how much of it you've seen that um but like with the, and this leads into a question as well with the farm gym, um, but the way that Luke and Acacia created this space to be able to do events like Unbreakable, it's it's spectacular. Like they've got spear throwing, what is it, probably 400 metres away, maybe 500 metres away, if that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, and you can look out and you can see it. They've got the obstacle course there, they've got the monkey bars, they've got everything, and it's just it's this whole new world. And leading into that, what inspired you to create something like this, the farm gym? You've had it for the last five, five years. years yeah. What inspired you to um, go on this journey and create this this epic space? This, it's a bit of a utopia, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, this is this is a great question. There only was I was thinking about this this morning because um, part of my background when I was when I think I was nineteen, twenty, twenty one into twenty two, I was working on the American Spiver series. Um, building props, testing challenges, designing little bits and pieces for them here and there. And the world that we created there for those contestants to go through and like me being a test dummy in some of them, it was just like the most fun space ever. But the consequences being survivor were also kind of dire. So it's like, yeah, you get to play this game, but for the contestants, it was like, if you don't do well at it, if somehow you don't construct it like it, a good team or a good way to get through it's like you guys won't eat again for another three days so sort that out so it's like it was just beautiful it's like the most fun thing you've ever done and it's like <laughs> if you kind of screw it up you're not going to get fed so <clears throat> from that i i never wanted to let that go out of my life completely that kind of element of it's like a, a big kid's playground in a way so what because i know like just doing the challenges myself like, i learned so much about myself like how to move through all that so much about physicality. I learned so much about working with the team. And I was really young there, like so young and impressionable. And it was just, it really stuck with me. And so a, a basis of, yeah, what we deliver here has come from that kind of creating these dense experiences where it's like people can come and step into a world that's outside their normal reality. And then once again, like find something about themselves or like a lot of what we do here is, based around group learning where it's like we'll put the whole team in a scenario and everyone's on the same playing field so it's like you can really find in each other it's like those points where like normally as i said before it's like normally you may not go there normally you may think it's like well i'm scared of heights and all these other things it's like once people start overcoming things in a group like that it's like the the energy lifts like the, the rising tide lifts everyone with it and then from there that's just it's um yeah, the, the learnings are so vast that it's like we, we, we never try to teach any one thing other, other than getting people to work together. But with the environment, with the way it's set up, it just leads to these kind of revelations in people's lives and they just leave just going, it's like, oh, man, wow. 
So, yeah. Long, long-winded <laughs> answer. To, <laughs> no, no, I just didn't, I just yeah, didn't I like would... the <laughs> yeah, I was talking with Steph, and he was – I mean, I he was sending me pictures of stuff. I was like, that looks awesome. And then he brought up the spiders, and I was like, well, it's – it, it's not as cool as I thought. No. Um, <laughs> but so I what so when you're talking about the sort of team aspect and team building of it, I I always think back to playing football, soccer here, that it's not such a controlled environment, but especially if your team isn't that good and you go through a lot of like the really tough patches like that, I I don't think there's anything that kind of brings people together in that same way. Even you get people you don't like and you get people that are kind of see things differently from you, but you always come out of that, um, that sort of period of stress as sort of a cohesive group. Did you have that in mind when you started to build out the farm gym or did you, I want the space in the gym and then you're like, Oh, I can, I can really craft this into something where I can, control all of the aspects and so did that was that the basis of it or did that kind of come along yeah it was a it was an evolution but i think it was probably an inherent part of like what Keish and i did and how we how we taught as well so it was regardless of how we started i think it was always going to lead to that part Mm-hmm. Even when uh, when we started the gym for the first couple of years, when it was just Keish and I that were coaches, the this it was it was amazing working one on one with a lot of people and then the small group sessions. But the the big shifts, like the real big energy moments, were from like your bigger groups all coming through and being being in that area or that space that's outside their norm. So yeah, it is. It was a bit of a natural evolution, but. Yeah, I think with us and our kind of our styles of doing things, it was always going to go to that point. Mm-hmm. Tell us, like we've spoken about the the farm gym, but I I more or less know, but I'm sure that Matt and the, the listeners and viewers would like to know how did you actually start the farm gym? Because it's it's a story similar to the conversation we had with Lyndon Matt uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, would it be you know. It'd be totally unreasonable. <laughs> the, uh, the Linden, the Linden mic drop. But tell us how you got started because I, I love hearing the story. I think that there's a lot to be said for the way that you did it because it's a very simple way of of doing it and in just asking the the question. So mm. let us know or tell us about how you actually got the farm gym started. Right. <laughs> so quick, a quick interlude to that part and dial it back. Probably another. 15 years and the farm behind us that we're on now <coughs> I mean, used to be a passion fruit farm and I grew up working here so I would spend hours and hours each week just walking up and down the roads picking passion fruit and in that time I was always going through my mind it's like how could this place be more efficient than it is now so it's like I like the idea of a farm but then again I thought it's like, it just could be done better mm. And so I guess the seed was planted a long time ago. And the irony was we came full circle back to this place. But, yeah, just, just spending so many hours thinking about, like, what, just, yeah, what could be done differently? Like how, could the, how could the farm work better? How could we all be happier working here and so forth? Um, but the farm gym for us was, a, it was an evolution of <clears throat> us wanting to carry on our, our coaching uh, 
journey. So Keisha and I are both coaching. Well, I was coaching in a CrossFit box and Keisha's doing her um, strength and conditioning. The ones over in Western Australia and we just, we ran the course of our adventure there and uh, left left the mining world, left all that behind to come back to the coast to restart something new. And we knew we were going to put everything into a project because we really wanted to start something of our own. So the idea of uh, setting up our own gym was a bit of a natural evolution of that. But then we came back and asked uh, Noel and Audrey, who are on the same farm, we had this bit of a concept. It was like, look, we put a gym on the farm. Because for me, like coaching out of a CrossFit box and a lot of the other gyms I was training at were still all in that industrial space. And after working in industrial space for a week while I was away at the mines and coming back and training in more industrial spaces, I was like, but I've only got so much time in my day and I'm sick of spending it in the industrial industrial areas, but I still want to train. And since no one was building backyard Spartan courses or anything like that around, I was like, well, look, there's a bridge between these two magical experiences. Um, someone's just got to build it. And so that was the, it was a bit of a start there. So we, yeah, we set up in the shed and Noel and Audrey, they were great. We pitched the idea to them and um, Noel's, Noel had farmed this land ever since 1949, I think. And he was always very sporty as well. And so for him, the idea of combining fitness and the farm, like it just clicked with him. He's like, look, I don't, I'm not sure how the business is going to go, but like as far as the idea goes, give it a whirl. Like have a start. There was nothing happening in the shed we were in. There wasn't much happening on the farm. It was just some cattle running. And, um, yeah, so they gave us a green light. We got started and it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, very interesting first year because it was a lot of firsts. It was, I mean, obviously the first for a gym, uh, yeah, a farm with a gym on it. But also for us, it was our first foray into business. It was our first foray into working like super closely together. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of navigating, a lot of like testing, a lot of boundaries, seeing what would work and that. But I mean, the, the thing that really saw us get this project off the ground was we planned to invest, like we, we invested in our own business from like savings and everything we'd built up enough to float the business and ourselves for six months. So as soon as we opened the doors, it didn't have to make a cent for, I think we had four months up our sleeves by then. It didn't have to make a cent for four months. So that way it's like we could gradually build on our ideal customer base. We could figure out who we wanted to train, how much was going to be the right price, what we were doing. Like all these ifs, buts, and maybes that didn't have any external pressure on it. Like you had to meet rent, you had to meet all this stuff in the first week. So it let us really grow and establish some, a good set of roots organically. And then from there, by the time like that time ran out and it was week one where the gym had to like start paying for itself, like it was already on a pretty good trajectory. So it was just a, it was a nice transition straight over. So yeah, it was like, I mean, it was a hell of a journey for the first, what are we, five years in? So yeah, for the first five years, it's been a hell of a journey. <laughs> and yeah, full of constant learnings and so forth and like, the, be the best part about it now is we've got an absolute phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal team up there working like with us and for us that have taken over a lot of the roles of what we used to do and are just doing them so much better than Keisha and I would do. Um, but yeah, they guide the community now and just help shape the, the sessions and the quality of the training and everything that's coming out. And yeah, it, it feels like it's like really evolving well now. It's got its own legs under it and can freely run. It's like a, 
it's kind of like business and kids follow like a similar transition in the first couple of years. There's a lot of spoon feeding and a lot of like walking around hitting your head on things. But like, yeah, once that once the business gets its legs under it and starts to figure out how to walk and talk on its own, it's um yeah, it's good to go. Yeah. So you, Steph, you and a, a bunch of other people were down there for this week. I. Love to hear both your experiences and just kind of, or both of your experiences and kind of how it ran, what you guys did, and uh, I guess what you learned too. <laughs> well, so three months ago, I, I was actually down here. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the event and actually go through the event um, and be on the other side of it this time. So, like, Three months ago, I did it, and this this time around, three months later, um, I was actually helping Luke and Lyndon run the event, which is something that I really see myself doing in in the future, being able to run these uncommon events and taking them Australia-wide. So to have both ends of the, the scale was really, really cool. Like this time around, there was a bit of FOMO because I really wanted to be involved, and there was so much that we were planning beforehand. I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. Like I would love to have done that and to be able to utilize this space of 40 acres, yeah, 45, 45 acres from every corner, you know, we, we did things uh, like the spear throw, they, the, the, um, the participants did things like the spear throw, log carries, create a, um, uh, a clay, clay bowl. bowl yeah, yeah, the clay bowl, bit of pool council in there. Um, and so it had to be exactly 400. We got one that was exactly, mm. yeah, exactly 400 grams on a, on a scale. Um, then there was a whole bit about the athletic stuff as well, so working together as a team to be able to achieve a certain outcome. But one of the, the most exciting things for me was at the end of the day, you saw everyone surrounded with, with each other and you had people who were really hesitant in the beginning and, and shy and they were all amongst the group. It was like kids showing off what they got for, for Christmas or like they went out on Halloween and look at the lollies I got. Like that's exactly what it felt like. And for me, bringing people together in that way, it gave me this buzz that kind of reminded me that it is possible to do that with adults because when we grow up, we grow up. Like we we don't think about being kids anymore because like we're not allowed to have fun. We're not allowed to be childish. But for me to see that and to see that the accomplishments that were achieved over the, the day was amazing. And then that went into nighttime as well. We had an epic fire here, surrounded by this view, surrounded by epic people. We had some unreal meat. Oh, it was like cooked on an on a, um, open flame. Like it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it was just some awesome conversations that would go around. Um, the other thing as well, which I love so much about it, is we took every – little bit of uncommon success. So the masterminding, the athletic, richer, smarter. The masterminding was bringing everyone together. So the community, the connecting with like-minded individuals. The athletic was, you know, venturing around the farm, the, the whole 45 acres and, and then doing the challenges as well that um, led to into the, the richer aspect where we were given little farm gym tokens. I'll, I'll let Luke go on a little bit more about that. But the idea behind the farm gym tokens, it just – there's so much opportunity and it gets me so excited so because go, yeah, Luke's going to go and get one. Um, but the, the, the tokens and the, and the way that it all led into everything was incredible. Um, and then the smarter, like we started off with uh, the Greek um, 
uh, number one to, to nine and we put in all these challenges and who knows Greeks, Greek numbers, like no one. <laughs> well, not many people unless you're Greek. Um, here's the, the farm group tokens here. So just to be able to, it's a camera up the top, just to, is it gonna, yeah, there you go. Yeah, gonna focus. Yeah, I think you got it. Yeah. Oh, so we use go. those tokens, huh. we use those tokens throughout the day. Now we'll put it, we'll actually chuck it up on chuck the, up, yeah. yeah, we've got plenty of photos from the day, but we use that as a means of like buy-in to be able to actually um, use them for the day. So you have to use them for the challenges. And then whoever got to the end of the, the challenge with the, the most um, farm gym tokens mm-hmm. was like a winner. Uh, you had opportunities to invest and get more back, uh, whether it's through like a term deposit or uh, through like investing in on the challenge or you could hold on to them and get no investment. So it's very life relatable. Um, but yeah, in the, <laughs> I guess I'm going to take a, a, a Luke's word here. That's the crux of it. Like that's, that's the, um, the basic outline of the day. So I'll let Luke, uh, <laughs> take it from there. Yeah. The, um, I got, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, I want to say hooray as well. There, but oh, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, look, the, the day, like the whole weekend was a huge, like just huge success. And the, once it, like, once again, it was just amazing watching everyone adapt to the level of challenge we put out there. So it was like having the, having the tokens involved added a whole new dimension to being able to be smarter and um, really take advantage of what can happen with time when investing as well. So we gave the guys lots of options to like, um, like term deposit or invest outside of things or invest into the challenges they were in. So it's like with everyone starting with a certain amount of tokens by the start of the day, it was interesting to see who at the end of the day had more than other people and why that, why that made sense. So it was a beautiful, it was a, it was an amazing gamified version of real life where we could put the pressures on certain points, say that like the rates were changing, these things were all happening. It was all, it was all ebbing and flowing like in real life, but then the, the capacity and ability to buy into things and invest without the normal holdups of it's like, oh, geez, like if I put my two grand into this, it's like, I won't have that two grand, that normal kind of reserved mentality of it's like, well, maybe I'm, I'm not hundred percent certain, so I won't do it. And it's like, I mean, when you're hundred percent certain about anything in life, so it was, it was a beautiful way to test that whole, um, that whole playing field for everyone in like in an environment where it was like, it was fairly, it was controlled, but it still had that feeling of kind of life's ups and downs and the, the hardships that come and the things that like the things that pop up that aren't ideally in the, in the scheme of things when you're, when you're planning out like your, your version of kind of, wealthier smarter like anything to do with um anything to do with wealthing so yeah it was it was look, it was just a fantastic day and the, the crew we got um they were buzzing by the end of it but i mean so are we we're, yeah like, we're still, we're, <laughs> we've still was we've had um we've had some some pretty cool testimonials to pop up mm-hmm. as well like people have just got this kick and i mean now I know how Luke feels after an event. It's like this big come down where it's like, oh man, like I want to do that again. Like that was, that was so cool. So it's like, that's what I'll be doing. I'm doing it again. Um, and then also to have the, the um, participants at the end of the day go, if we just, if we did this, like we would have 
gotten to this and you can see how it's relatable to real life. So mm. Paul Mosey talks about the, um, uh, is it the U, um, not plus 500, plus U, is that is that the saying that he's got where like invest in yourself? I can't remember the Oh, the, the S&Me and, S and 500. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, S&Me yeah. 500. So like with the farm gym tokens, if you were to have invested in yourself, you would have got squillions back. But so many people were just were like, oh, I don't, uh, oh, I don't want to do that. But like, there was no the, the the trust and faith at the end of it um, was really apparent. Like you could you could definitely see that there was a lot of change going on. Um, you could see that their brains were thinking in different ways and thrown into uncomfortable positions. But everyone just kind of came together by mm. the end of it. Like, and that's what I mean. At the end of the day, we were there were separate. In, they were separated into both team into two teams. You had teams working with each other, like. I'll give you this and you can help me out with that because we're down one player and one player mm. can't do this. And um, even like with the keys, we had uh, an instance where there was uh, four people, three, uh, three from one team and then one from another team that had to go down and find some lockboxes. And the, uh, the the team of three found their lockbox straight away, but the, the one was still looking for it. And the team of three said, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to help you find it. We're going to work together. Um, and then at the end of the day, we came back and there was a whole bunch of chocolate just missing from the, <laughs> from the, the lockbox. They stayed down by the dam and we were just picking out on the, on the 85% uh, lint chocolate. So the connectiveness, and this is where the real events are just spectacular. Mm. Like the online stuff. So doing this is fantastic because I get to have a chat with, well, we get to have a chat together with someone who's on the other side of the world. But that connectiveness and actually being like next to each other and, and being able to hug, we had a chat about it yeah, um, yeah. yesterday. It's like there's nothing that can quite compare to that connection of a hug. And a hug can only get better. Like it, it can't really get worse. If you stay there for maybe two or three minutes, it might be weird. <laughs> but like it can get better and better and better as the, the hug goes on. Whereas this here, it's like I just want to give you a hug, but you, you can't. Whereas the event allows people to have that connection, that connectedness, it's it's pretty spectacular. Like I've gained yeah. a massive appreciation for for that. And the other thing too, it's like Paul talks about it a lot. Paul Council moving at the speed of grace, not, not frustration. And like the events was the event was that, but also living like a like a farmer. <laughs> it's like live life like a farmer. Just do little things here and there, and by the time you know it, you've got this big shiny thing that's just been completed but you've done all these little things and there's no rush or worry to go and get that big thing it's just take your time doing it and then by the time you know it that um hairy audacious goal, uh, goal yeah that hag is uh yeah is there you know yeah i i really like the idea of condensing real world things into the smaller the smaller and more condensed time frame it's like, I, I heard it a while back and I can't remember exactly who said it. It might've been like Jordan Peterson or something, but it's the same way with like fictional stories. It's, you might say, oh, this event isn't a real, like this isn't a real situation. Like this isn't what actually happens. Or if you read like a book, like a fiction book, you're like, that's not real. That never happened. But if you take the ideas and the actions that have happened on average or in general, over thousands and thousands of cases, whether that be like a hero story or investing in yourself, it, it becomes, is that, is that more reality than the actual thing happening? Like, is that, 
is this really intense sort of condensation of countless huge stories more of actuality than maybe my experience and then your experience being different it's it's really cool and it's a really interesting way to learn and kind of without risk of being able to mm-hmm. like oh i i didn't invest in myself and i ended up with nothing because i the market changed or whatever it's it's really cool Steph, I'd, I'd like for you to actually expand a little more on the Paul saying the uh, move at the speed of grace, not frustration, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so when – and being – well, there's lots of ways that I can come with this, so I'll, I'll do my best to, to come. Let me know when you've got to go because you're in client. Yeah, I'll get another five minutes. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, we'll continue on afterwards anyway. But um, moving at the speed of grace, not, not frustration. So when – being back home, it's very, very easy because of the environment that you're in, not particularly just the people that you're around, but the hustle and bustle of, of the city and town and everything like that. It's just like, go, 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 go. And you're, you're kind of overworking yourself and it's getting very overwhelming. So for me, I sat on a mower for like two and a half hours, almost three hours the other day. And it was just like, let's go. And like, you can just go on your own thoughts. You don't have to rush. You just take your time. You get things done. By the time you know it, you look back, you can look over the top and the whole paddock has just been mode and then you've got people going oh, he did an awesome job man like well done and, and taking your time doing those things so instead of rushing to get everything done it's just take your time doing those things and we spoke about it with Myers Briggs like the stress mm. levels where you're when you're relaxed and you're chewed out you kind of you, you make better decisions compared to, to when you're stressed it's just like and that can be elaborated a little bit more I'll let Luke elaborate on that a little bit more but I just feel like having the opportunity to learn from Luke to be placed in an environment where I've worn bare feet, I've worn no shoes, not worn bare feet. I've just had bare feet the whole time has allowed me to just reconnect. And now I can't stand wearing shoes. Last night I put my mm-hmm. shoes and I'm like, far out. These, these shoes feel like really, really tight. And I got those cleat beats disgusting. Like it's just from all the soccer boots and that, but they're really tight. And then you go and put them in shoes and it's even worse, but, when you're out in the field and you're just walking around on the rocks, we went to Condolilla and I just mm. walked on all these rocks, man, it was painful, but it just gave you this, this sense of like, oh, that feels great to be able to get into those positions. Um, but elaborate just quickly, if you can, on yeah. the, the Myers-Briggs stuff. Um, and we can try and, and go a little bit deeper afterwards, Matty. On, on where we were with Myers-Briggs yeah, yeah. about the stresses? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> sure. So with, the, like, with all of our personalities, we've got our innate strengths and – Oh man, what I've what I've found is it's like the keys to a great life lie within those strengths, but understanding like when they're on and they're the right potency to mix in with the world around you, or if they're like what you were mentioning there, if they're kind of overdone, your potency is too high and you end up like kind of disaffecting the world around you. It's like it doesn't it doesn't create the the, the ongoing um, sensation that you're after as far as progression goes. So yeah, just really like Myers-Briggs is a great tool, like along with disc and spiral dynamics and that, like whichever angle you come to it, understanding more about how you work well, like within yourself, like your personality working with the outside world plus the outside world working with you, um, the greater your understanding of that, the more you're able to create awareness around how you do each thing and then the consequences of that. So it's like, being able to, like, to to be able to move at the speed of grace, first of all, you need to understand like when 
too much is too much and when you're literally sitting there watching too much netflix and not doing enough so it's like that in between movement where it's you're getting the things done and just like your first couple of days here you end up knackered at night but you don't feel like you've done a day's work yeah it's a it's a different feeling where it's, it's like you're floating with the river not swimming against it and not trying to swim faster towards the rapids so yeah, just, just creating like through whichever device you can understand more about yourself with, whichever personality typing or however you do it, but just yeah, getting that getting that understanding of where what you do when you're at your best is it's like your your kind of golden path. And then either side of that is it's like you're kind of you're overdoing it and creating like more noise and more dust and more friction than needed. And the other side is it's like, well, you're not really moving on that path either. So yeah. Yeah, because our strengths what you mentioned there, our strengths still are our strengths when we're wired, but to say it's like you're the way you get your energy back is by giving to other people. When you've gone off the charts, it's like you're giving so much that you end up having to take from others to fill your own cup because you're giving from an empty vessel, which is like it doesn't really work. Um, yeah, versus that point where it's like you're in an even flow where it's like you're receiving, you're giving at the same time. It's a beautiful energy kind of transition, but. Yeah, your strengths are always your strengths, but just how they come out can kind of seem like one day you're Dr. Jekyll, the other day you're Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Uh, Luke's got a um, run. He's got a client. Matty, we'll stay on. But, Luke, where can everyone mm. find you uh, on the socials? Well, if you want to do the real deal at the farm gym, <laughs> when you find me here, generally around here, it's hard <laughs> to leave when you go here. Um, but, yeah, for second best, there's socials. So Instagram, uh, the Uncommon Farmer, and the Farm Gym. You can find me anywhere through the Farm Gym. So Farm Gym SCH on Insta, and then just the Farm Gym on Facebook. But follow the follow oh. the badge. Yeah, get, I'm going to get my, one of these tops. They are proper workout tops for me now. There's no, uh, there's nothing else that I'm going to be wearing. It's just going to be Farm Gym. <laughs> and work outside, work out. <laughs> yeah, work out exactly. Yeah. Look, thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks, sir. More handshake. No, yeah, that's oh. it. No, that was the first one for the week. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll hang on for a little awesome. bit, Matty. Yep. Uh, Appreciate you coming awesome. on. Terrific. Thanks, Matty. Thanks for the questions. And uh, thanks for, yeah, hanging out and spending some time, man. Hopefully in person soon. Yeah. Maybe without the spiders, but hopefully in person. <laughs> The spiders are all part of it, mate. You're only stronger because of it. I mean, look at what happened to Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you sold me. I'll come. <laughs> good. All right, guys. Soon. All right, appreciate it. So, Matty, um, I wanted to um, follow on from a little bit more. Yeah, thanks. I got I got more coffee here, so I'm, I'm loving it. Um, there's, been, there's been some pretty... This is this is the average uh, cup for those who are looking. It's a it's a mug and it's just all black coffee. And I probably have about three of them every morning. Occasionally, Luke goes, "Would you like another coffee?" <laughs> but, yeah, okay. This is oh, it's spectacular. But I wanted to follow on a little bit more. Um, just go back a couple of steps with what Paul says uh, about the work at the speed of grace, not frustration. And I think that there's a lot to be said for like environment and behaviour. Um, Placing myself in this environment with Luke and Cash and the little uh, little girls, they're, they're two little girls, the farm gym, the businesses that are around here, I now appreciate the work that goes into creating something so spectacular. Luke uh, didn't elaborate on, on it much, but he 
hard, like he lives where he works. And for again, for those who are watching, look at the, the view that he wakes up to every single morning, what he's got. So environment is is massive for me now. I really, really understand that the place that you're in, not necessarily the people that you spend your time around, because that is also important. And and it's not necessarily reconnecting with nature as such, but it's like about being in that position where you have all of these things come together. And and we spoke about it in the car ride home. We had uh, Zach, who was on the podcast a couple of months ago. He actually came down and, and stayed here with us for a for a bit of it. Um, and we were we just dropped him off the airport and we we're coming back. And the best way to learn, and this is probably just uh, for my personality type, maybe, but it's through osmosis. So hanging out with Luke for the last week, I've had the opportunity to literally just just take or or be able to gain so much more knowledge because i've just been hanging around like i've been on the tools i was circular saw grinders uh while luke's welding and jumping on the the lawnmower and just you know setting the tent up and doing all that sort of stuff it's not necessarily means go camping but maybe just change your environment every once in a while so you have the opportunity to find something new find something different um not just about the environment but about yourself and that's really hit me very, very hard in the last week because it's very easy to get caught in the trap of like just going around in circles and going to stay where I am. If you can break that and you can go live on a farm, Luke will be mentoring in, in absolutely no time. Like they're going to be setting up accommodation here in, in no time at all. So take that opportunity and just ask the question. That's what I did. I did it two months ago. I asked Luke, I was like, man, I'm coming down. I bought, I bought my tickets. I'm coming for the week. Would you mind if I, I hung out? He's like, no way, man. Just come in. Like, we'll set your tent up. You'll be sleeping out there. That's fine. All good. I've done it. I'm here. And just ask the questions. Ask the questions. That's what's most important. And through those environments, you can then work on your behaviors as well because you're just leveling up everything. It's your your athletic potential because you're putting yourself in an environment where you have to walk around. Or you don't have to, but you have the opportunity to walk around barefoot. Like I said, my, my feet have become so much stronger just by walking around on gravel and rocks and the grass. And I'm sure I've stepped on a couple of bees, but like, I'm still here. I'm fine. So it's, it's just that. And right now we've got like a, a, a little magpie that's coming in for a drink of water from the, the dog's bowl. Like you don't get this sort of stuff happen all the time. It's just, it, it's full of emotion right now for me. And it's very challenging to put into words because it's an experience. And to experience, there it goes, to experience, to experience it is a whole different kettle of fish. I can talk about this all day. And so with the Uncommon events, my goal, my big hairy goal is to be able to have people experience this and then lead them on that path towards an uncommon success and towards becoming an uncommon success through doing uncommon things like we did here. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Never. And there's so much opportunity for this to be taken around Australia, around the world. And that's my hack. <laughs> that's my big hairy audacious goal. Yeah. What kept popping up in my mind as you were talking about the move with the speed of grace, not frustration, is dense strengths. Because mm. it's, I mean, it's, it's funny because that's still Keegan's creation and as is uncom um, of just, and it's so hard. It's, it's almost harder to move at the speed of uh, grace, not frustration. Cause you want, you want to just push like it's, 
when you feel good, you want to push till you don't. But I mean, working at 90% every day, like squat every day, whatever, doing 10 sets of two as something you could do for four or three, whatever it's like, it's, and doing that for, I don't know, two years, whatever, like you're going to get stronger. It's like, it's going to make the difference. And it's the same thing with whatever else you're working on. Like if you have a project, like you, and this is, this is still like my, one of my biggest weaknesses is like one day, bang, bang, like 11 hours of work. And the next day it's like two or three. Cause I'm, I'm cashed. Yeah. So it's being able to manage that is, uh, is unbelievably difficult, but if you can get a grip on it, you can, you can create great things over the long term. You, you, um, you realize what your capacity is and your potential. So like doing then strength, for example, you realize your capacity for moving weight. Same thing goes with coming here for the week. You realize your capacity and your potential. And I, the first two nights, I reckon I got probably four hours sleep each night. I wake up at 12, went back to sleep, woke up at three, didn't go back to sleep. And I was going to bed at probably 10, 1030. So what's that? Yeah, maybe, maybe just over four hours each night. And then you go to bed the same time again, but you're up at three and you're moving around and you're going, you don't think about it. You just do it. And then you realize like, so now probably because of the hype of the event and then it's like the come downs come, you're like, okay, now's my time to rest and it's okay to rest. I had this, this big, um, it was, it was really challenging for me. This, this idea that you're constantly having to do work, you're constantly having to eat healthy. You're constantly having to do things that are pushing the boundaries and making sure you're staying accountable and blah, blah, blah. And what I realized here is I ate healthily. I worked out, I walked around a farm for, you know, seven days straight went to see some amazing places as well. But the ability to not have that focus on constantly doing things all the time as in like, I always have to eat healthily. Like when I was at home in that environment, it's like I would eat healthily, but then I would just go off the rails and go like, oh, there's some chocolate there. Oh, there's a sweet there. And you just, and you keep going. And then you put this, this, such as negative feeling inside your your body of like you've got this negative relationship with food now and i've had this conversation um with with my wife before and it's like yeah i, I understand that but i don't know why that's the case whereas here like i had pasta and i haven't I, I hate i hate having pasta at home because it just you know i've got this really negative feeling around it whereas here i cooked some beautiful bolognese and it was you know of course the italian in me uh, really made that experience uh, quite lovely for, for Luke and Cash, but I cook it and I ate it here. And today, like I feel, feel fine or the day after I felt fine or after eating the pasta, it's just like, it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. Not to, to like, don't get so worked up about that sort of stuff is what I'm really trying to get at because you, you make it so much bigger than it has to be. It's not, it's not a big deal. Stop making it such a big deal. I mean, obviously, if you're just having chocolate and sweets for or McDonald's or whatever for that long period of time, then yeah, that's a bit of an issue. But the relationship that you have with those things, whether it's exercise or food, two big ones, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. That's me talking to me right there too. Like I'm talking to myself about that. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself and just do, do the thing. Just do the thing. That's all. Yeah, it's the same. 
that's been one of the biggest shifts for me recently um, is, well, I guess this has been one of the biggest shifts is that like, you don't have to be totally ready to do something. And for me, that mainly that a lot of that kind of comes from, it's like, maybe you only slept for like five or six hours last night for maybe four hours for you is like five or six for me. Cause I need a lot of sleep, but um, like maybe you only slept for like five or six. It's like, well, still go and lift like don't cut your lift because you don't think you are that ready for it or like you only have five or six hours like you can't do anything like creative or super demanding today like in the past for me it was like oh there's no way i'm gonna be able to play well today i only slept for like six or seven hours but like how ridiculous of a thought is that like put like having the idea that i can perform at whatever task it is, we can put this into sporting context just for example's sake, but I can play really well on four or five hours of sleep. If that's your mentality, like the, I can play well, even if I had pasta last night and it was bad pasta and it was like I only slept for five or six hours last night and I didn't I didn't get my drink before the game. And I can still play well and then everything else on top of that is like cream on top of the cake. I don't think that's a saying, but... Um, <laughs> It is kind of. <laughs> uh, it's something like I was, that was a couple things in one, but I mean that mentality kind of like shifted things. And it's interesting. It's like you. It happened to me this morning. I woke up and I was like, "Man, I am shot. I didn't get that much sleep. I went to bed later. Wake up early for another call. And it was. I was like, I am toast. But I was like, All right, whatever. I'm gonna get some electrolytes and I'll do this workout anyway. Now." I, I feel like it, like, I feel like I slept nine hours last night. Like it's, I don't have any difference, right? Maybe I could, I'll get tired a little earlier, but doing things regardless. And this isn't like, I slept for two hours last night. I'm going to go run a marathon today. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> don't, don't take it entirely at face value, but it's, you can usually do more than you're capable of, but when you overestimate yourself and you don't want to do more than that. So we, what we've been talking about is do what you need to do anyway. Like you don't need to go to a hundred, but you should still do 80% every day. Like regardless of, I don't feel that great or whatever's going on, like do enough to move at the speed of grace and not be frustrated all the time. Cause you don't feel perfect or cause you don't. And I've heard a lot yeah. of people say this and it, I, I've heard a lot of people say it before and it never clicked for me until pretty a couple weeks ago, to be fair. And it would have changed my soccer career, I think, Stan's injuries. But um, it's such a common thing. But once you hear it phrased the right way, which I probably didn't do, it really can change things. Yeah. The, um, what you spoke about before, you know, just do it anyway. I think what's important is you need to know your capacity. So you need to know where your endpoint is. And if you haven't slept well, you're not going to go to that endpoint because a lot of people go, oh, I want to do, I want to do, um, I want to be able to squat 200 kilos as an example. That's my, my goal. Well, I need to do that today because that's what's written in the program or whatever. And we can go back to the, the um, like physical sort of side of things so we can get a better understanding of it. But you need to understand what your capacity is because if your capacity is topped at 150 on the bar, 
and you're feeling like crap, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to go above and beyond that. Although you might be able to, but you need to know your limits. And the only way you're going to do that is by putting yourselves in these situations and changing your environment so you can learn and understand what your capacity actually is. Like Luke and Cash, they've had so, uh, Cleo is five or six, I think, and Elkie's 14 months. They haven't had <laughs> they haven't had a good night's sleep in six years. Like, <laughs> and I've been here for a week, and I have. Like the kids just roam around the house. They'll jump into bed. Luke will get up, have to let the dog out, go back to sleep. Other kids will come in and he's got to go on their bed. And it's just like, but they work. It works so well for them. They just get things done. Just get shit done. Don't don't worry about what's happened. Like you can't control the things that have happened. You can't control the, the, the bad night's sleep that you've had. Just get into it. Do something. Something is going to definitely be better than, than nothing at all. In most cases, I believe. Anyway, but it all comes back to your environment and your attitude or your behavior. So if you do feel like crap, you do feel like shit, just take it, take it easy. Do some things. Like you still got to keep yourself busy. Like last night we worked until the sun was going down and we were just banging shit in the shed. And like I said, Luke was welding and we were fixing something up to, to pop on the tractor for, for later on this week for, for Luke to use. And it's like you're doing that thing for the, the next thing. You don't have to worry about, I've got to, shit, I've got to get this done by Thursday because it needs to be done. It's like just just do the first thing. Don't worry about having to mow the field or whatever else it is. Just do the first thing and then you can move on to, to that afterwards. If it's Thursday, it's Thursday. If it's not, it's not. I mean, if you've got deadlines to meet, you've got to be a little bit more organized. But if not, like, just worry about the first thing. You can kind of go, all right, I'm going to mow the fields or I'm going to call the fields or I'm going to turn the, the, the ground over in the fields. That's what I have to do. What do I need to do to get there? Okay, I need to do this. Is that as low as I got to go or do I need to do something else? Okay, I need to do that to be able to get to that. Well, what about the next thing? I need to do that to get to that. I need to fix the tractor to be able to mow in the first place. So I've got to fix this tractor first before I can get the equipment on the back of the tractor, before I can drive the tractor down to the field to then start mowing the field or whatever it is. Like there's start from the top, work your way down, figure out what the first and easiest and simplest thing you can do is. And then just work at the speed of grace. Don't be frustrated that it's not working or that it's not getting you to where you want to be. And that has been massive for me. It's like, just just do the thing. And the big thing will take care of itself. Do the little thing, big thing's going to take care of itself. Yeah, I think there's an important distinction to make between having a belief that you can't do things without a perfect scenario versus or a perfect... Uh, environment whatever perfect recovery versus being burnt out and pushing yourself too hard and doing that so there's like it like i i'll go back to my morning like i was tired like i didn't feel super great but i was squat i was squatting today and i last last monday i did two one uh we're just about a little over 110 kilos for like five by six. It was like, all right. I mean, that was the second week I did it because the first week was really hard. The second week wasn't too bad. So it's like, all right, I can do, I moved over this week. It was like 90, maybe 95 kilos and two 10 kilo chains. Um, it was like, get, just give it a shot. If it feels too heavy, cut it You're a little bit tired. And it was, I mean, it was fine. Like, I did it. I, I hit did my five sets of six. 
and uh, it didn't kill me. I I got it done. That's what all I wanted to get done for that. So it's not that I was overtrained. It's not like I slept two hours and I squatted for the last six days heavy. It was like my mind was kind of like, oh, it's not it's not perfect. Maybe you should squat tomorrow. Like I was in a I was still in a position where I could do it, and maybe in the past I would have let that idea of like wait for wait for the the perfect timing to do it no just try it anyway and it's fine and usually you could do it anyway it's yeah when you get into that overtraining i've worked 16 hours a day for the last 10 years 10 years is a long time last 16 hours a day for the last three weeks then maybe it's not the greatest idea but there's it's a fine line to draw yeah yeah you gain an appreciation as well i feel when you're put into environments in particular situations where you you obviously you haven't had that experience but then you see the work that goes into it you're like okay it's actually it's actually not that hard but it's a mind flex it's like you're not this is something that i've learned from keegan and from um listening to a lot of paul's stuff it's like mindset and mind flex so you want to have a flexible mind because if it's a mindset it's set in one thing it's not going to change that's why when something sets like concrete more often than not it's going to take a lot of banging and crashing and sledgehammers to, to break it. Whereas if you have the ability to be flexible or have mind flexibility, you have the opportunity to see different perspectives and to understand different things. And you can, and this is, this is leading into like what I've learned here again, it's having the ability to be so close to Luke and the farm, the, the family, they call it the farm gym family has opened my eyes in so many different ways. And what I'm really trying to, to convey here is if there is something that you really, really want to do, just go ahead and do it. Like you, you have a lot of, and I have this too, you have a lot of pressure on your, on your shoulders, on your back. Like that other person might not want me to do that. Or I don't think they would enjoy that or they won't like that. And you get into this, this thing in your head where it's like, no, nah, I don't want to do it because I don't want to offend them or it's not going to be good enough for me and I just don't, don't want to do it. But for me, the experience that I've had is instead of, so I would always, start of this week, I would always go, all right, what is that person thinking about me? And I would formulate this thing inside my head. So like right now I can use yourself. Like what's Matt thinking about me? I was thinking like this guy just keeps talking and he's gone on a tangent. Can he shut up now? But for me, instead of, instead of going like what does that person think I'm, think of me it's like what do i think of me just think about myself in a, in a in a not so selfish perspective but just think about yourself but then ask the question afterwards like hey matt did you think that i was being a little bit too forward there or and you got to be able to ask those questions too not be afraid of or, or just be be confident enough in yourself that it's like the answer might be no but it's not a no forever the answer might not be what you want to hear, but it might be what you need to hear too. So it's like it's getting in into these whole mind flexibility situations where it's never left. It's it's not it's not always what you think. Like until you ask the question, you got to ask. You got to ask to get an answer. And like I just mentioned before, it's if you ask a question and the answer is no, it's just and it's it's a no just for now. It might not be a no later on. Like you might just ask and they go, yep. Sure, no worries. But that's because you've formulated maybe a different question. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think I'm following. The uh, thinking about what other people think is a is usually a, usually a bad idea. Like sometimes I'll <laughs> this is this is dumb, but sometimes is, like is that, is that why why is it why is it dumb? Is what? that because you think I think it's going to be dumb? No, it's because I think it's dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like sometimes so. Like this happened the uh, the other week. With me and my girlfriend, we went to. She's got a grill at her apartment complex, and I was like, "All right, I brought over some food. I was gonna grill it, and then we couldn't get the grill to start. And then I was like, "Damn, that sucks." Um, and then she got mad because she thought I was gonna be mad that the grill didn't start. And then I got annoyed because she was mad, and she's annoying when she's mad. So I got annoyed, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> why are you mad?" <laughs> she's like, "Well, I thought you were gonna be pissed off that the grill didn't work." I was like, well, I'm just going to go get food somewhere else. And then it was like <laughs> this whole thing happened because she made the assumption that I was. And it's not not to throw a whole bunch of shade at her, but it's it's that same idea. It's like, well, and like how far, how much farther could that have cascaded if I, probably not that much farther. But in, in a well, sense, like how much farther can that cascade if I don't, you don't break that. And you're like, what, what are you being so pissy about? Like. It's yeah, it's clarity. So like a grill not working just made you butt heads and get annoyed, pissed off, angry at each other all because the grill didn't work and because of the assumption of them thinking that that person thought that way and then that person thought that way and then it's just like it escalates. Whereas if you could just cut it. So like, for example, for me, I had a conversation with my wife and uh, this trip, this experience that I've had, it allowed me to pick apart certain things uh, that are happening in my life. And with the way that initially, the way that when I first got here, I was always thinking about what my wife thought about me and what I was doing. And you get in, you really get inside your head because you think that it's like, I don't want to do that because I don't want them to think this way about me. Then I realized that the complete, the same thing was happening from her end. She was doing the same thing about me, like from me. It's like, oh, and when you listen, when you listen to understand and not to respond, it changes the whole dynamic of a relationship in, and it's very, very hard to do. And I'm mm. still getting better at it. You listen to what someone's saying and you're like, oh, I want to say this and I want to say that. But if you have, you know, you're, you're just sitting, you're listening, you're absorbing that information, then you can sit with it for a little bit and then you can maybe respond or maybe you can ask a question from that instead of going like, hey, that, that, that was cool, that was cool, but, but then what about this or what about that? You like, And it's, it's, you get caught in this trap. It's very, very easy to get caught in a trap because it's like very me-centric. It's about me and like I want to put my value in there. This one, it's all about me. You, know? you learn that through these experiences, like, like what's happened here when you put yourself outside that comfort zone. Yeah, it's... Now I forgot what I was going to say because I was. Did <laughs> I put you in a trance? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I was. I was like, mate. I I feel like I usually when we're talking, I do a pretty good job of that. I think because I I do want to hear what you're saying, and then I was like, all right, make sure you're doing a really good job of that right now because he just reminded me of that, and then I forgot what I was saying. So there's the downfall. Maybe don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it is a really hard thing to do. It's it's sort of like you listen to someone's like damn this is like this is really boring and 
maybe somebody's lecturing and you're like, this kind of sucks. Or it's even even more present if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're like, this this guy's kind of lame. The somebody said that like if you're if you're having a conversation with somebody and it's boring, that you're you either don't care enough or you're not listening enough or you're you're not digging into it deep. And I think it was if it's not interesting, you just don't you aren't listening hard enough. And it's it is true. I mean. It, if somebody's talking about something lame and you're in college or something, one of the professors, then I can kind of see it. But like, if you and I were talking and uh, I'm like, damn, Steph is just going on a lame tangent right now. Like I'm, I'm probably not digging deeply into it enough into what you're saying and really trying to understand what you mean rather than thinking like, man, I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it goes back to your capacity as well. I feel like your capacity to want to be engaged in a conversation or not. Like it, it's hard to, it's, it's challenging. It's challenging to listen and understand. And there's been so many breakthroughs since doing that for me in the last week, because instead of, instead of thinking about like, I want to say this, because like this is more important. It's like, no, what that person's saying right now is is more important. So I need to try my best to absorb as much as possible. And it happened in the event as well. You know, you've got you've got all these people that are like they've got all their opinions and and like Luke mentioned, you've got like your Myers Briggs and your um, Spiral Dynamics and your your disc and everything like that. And we've all got different personalities. And I am no expert on it as well. And I've got a, a little bit of an understanding about it. Um, but say for example, you've got someone who's a very direct personality, if you're going in there with like all these details about like, God, oh, there's this and there's that, and then they're just, they're shut off. So this is where it comes into like understanding what other people are like and what their personalities are like. If you've got someone who's direct, it's just like bang, bang, do that, de- and that's it. And then they're like, oh, this person gets me. Like they get it. Let's go. We can do it. Whereas someone else who's a little bit more um, maybe flamboyant or uh, a little bit more kind of like to – to the um, to the detail of things of like numbers, for example, everything needs to be in its place. There's this, there's that. You got to be able to, to be flexible enough within your minds to have the conversations with those people. Um, you've got people who are like they they want safety, so they won't rock up to a party if they don't know anyone there because there's too much out of the yeah out of the ordinary. That's like oh, this makes me feel way too uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. And I can see that in a lot of people now and you just get better and better at understanding like what that person is like. Okay. This is how we can have a great conversation. It's working on my skills as well as working on their skills as well, because I'm able to tap into to more of them because I'm talking in their language. I'm speaking to them in their language. If they're a direct person, it's like, you want to be straight to the point and then they'll give it straight back to you. Let's go. Let's do it. Or if you've got someone that's a little bit more into detail, it's like, let's go and dive into that. And you will explore those different personalities. It's, it's really, really cool. And then you can even go on the, um, on the path of how people learn. So, for example, like Lyndon is a very visual learner. You've got to draw it, write it down. He's like, yep, I get it. If you say something to him, it's like, no, nah. sorry, man. Uh, it, listen, it sounds great, but I just, I just can't see it in my head. Whereas if you've got it down on a piece of paper, it's that, 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 that. Yeah, I get it. Fantastic. That's awesome. Then you've got people who are um, kinesthetic learners. They just got to do the thing. Like let's let's use an example here. Um, there's a car crash 
and you've got someone that said like, oh, I, I could see that car crash happening, that visual, you know, like I can, I could see it was going to happen or I saw that car hit that, that other car. Then you've got someone else like, oh, I heard this big bang. I could, I could hear it. I could hear the screeching of the tires. Like, okay, so they're, they're um, uh, audio, auditory. And then you've got people who are like, oh, I could feel that there was like something that was about to happen before it happened. So I could just, I could feel it inside of me. It's like, that's more of a kinesthetic learner. So you've got all these different learners and these different personalities on top of it. And this is why we're so complex sometimes. But if you put the attention to detail in understanding what these people are like and how, and how we can build these conversations and, and build the relationships, you're going to get more out of a conversation. You're not going to be bored because it's like you're, diving deeper into that person they're giving you like all of this information about themselves it's if you hadn't noticed i'm i'm more of that like uh, that eye type like that real flamboyant because i mean I, I always use my hands probably that and i'm italian too so like i'm always talking with my hands <laughs> that's what the eye is for i is for italian <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yeah it's just it, it's really it's when you can go deep on it it's fascinating it's, it, it is it is quite fascinating do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yeah, yeah. I'd, so uh, Zach and I actually did it when we were here. Uh, I am, uh, it's, on my, it's on my phone, uh, E-N, E-N, is it E-N-F-J, I think I am. E-N-F-J, yeah. That's what mine, mine was either, I took it twice and I got I-N-F-J and E-N-F-J. Okay, okay. Yeah, so like on, did you do it on Truity? Is that where you... Would you, would you just do it on another? I I did it, I did it like once for school and once for once for soccer. Okay, okay. So cool. I, I couldn't yeah. tell you where I did it, but that's what hit. It ended up ENFJ one time and INFJ the other. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, what I've learned too is there's like potential for change depending on the situation that you're in. So it can even be like the stress. However, how how stressed you are is how you are maybe at the moment too. I, I'm not saying that that's the way that it is, but it could be. Um, and then. It was really cool because so Zach did his and for those of you who, who, who don't know, so I did the 100 calls in uh, July and Zach and I connected on those 100 calls and we just kept chatting back and forth. Never met the guy in my life. We just jumped on a call. We started talking with each other. I, um, we organized to, to come down here together. He bought in. He's like, yep, let's do it. Let's go. Did the Myers-Briggs uh, yesterday. Uh, I did mine. He did his first. And he worked out that he's, uh, so they call it like the teacher. He's the, the teacher. Can't remember exactly what his is. And then I did mine and I got what mine was. Mine was the commander. Um, and we looked through like the relationships of it. And there's, uh, they call it kindred spirits, which is like a very strong connection. And so Zach and I were kindred spirits. It's like, that's probably why we formed such a strong connection straight away. It's just like, yep, let's go. And Luke and Cash actually do this for their business. So they figure out what their, um, their the, the people that work with them, what their Myers-Briggs are, because they're going to be better at one thing or something else in comparison to someone else. So do their Myers-Briggs and then they know it's like, all right, I, I can see them doing this now. There's a lot more clarity to exactly how they're going to work and what they're going to work at and, and what they're going to be good at compared to someone else. It might not work. And like the team that they've got here at the farm gym, man, it's it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. I sat in one of their meetings. And so Acacia is one of those direct people. It's like, da, 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 and go. That's it. And let's do it. It's like, 
All right. And then you've got other people that are just like, all right, we're putting everything down and, and yeah, and we're calculated and blah, blah, blah. And then you've got people that are just like, whatever, man, like it's chill, it's relaxed. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. And then you've got people that are sitting there quietly like, is it my turn to talk? Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable. But it's just, it's amazing to see that work in action. It, it's, it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. They've done such an awesome job at being able to tap into that. And it shows because their business is running really, really, really well. And so you can really tap into to, to that side of things. Yeah. I think we've been going for an almost hour, hour and eight minutes here. So probably should wrap it up, call it a day, and we can. Uh... I'm going to catch a flight in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we don't want you to miss your flight. So, where uh, where no, can no, people no. find you? No, I, I, oh, maybe you do want to miss your flight. <laughs> nah, nah it, it, it'll be good to, to go home see the, the wife and the dog. Uh, you can find me at uh, at Coach Carly on Instagram. Uh, not so much on YouTube, but definitely at Instagram. I've been it's it's been awesome. My screen time has been down fifty percent since being on the farm, and uh, the brain is just wired and connected uh, so that's been awesome i haven't posted much in the last uh, couple of days um but yeah instagram so chat with me there hook up with me on there uh maddie where can they find you yeah score performance sk aar performance wherever instagram tiktok to steph's i say it every time to steph's <laughs> and, and brian's um and instagram and i just made a twitter page so I have a Twitter. I haven't posted a tweet yet, but score performance is too long. So it was just score perform. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Give me, give me a, I think I have three followers there right now. So if you follow me, you'll be in the first five, not be necessarily, it. not, not you specifically, but yeah. All right. And uh, if anybody wants to talk to uh, connect with Luke, he's uh, at on Instagram. It's at the uncommon, uncommon farmer underscore between the, and uh, the underscore uncommon underscore farmer. Yeah. He's, he's got a really cool operation going. So, all right. Yeah. Call it for the week. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you, everyone.